All right. Something I've been looking forward to, and you guys have been probably dreading. No, has been on the list for a long yeah, time. Dude, since the, from day one. From over a year, yeah. But let's be honest, who put it on the list? You did, but I, I, <laughs> I'm, I'm, uh, I want to learn today. This information dump. Speaking of dumps. There we go. <laughs> How's about that for a segue? There you go. Yeah. Speaking of dumps, y'all know y'all know what we're gonna say. If you're not using a bidet, you need you need to you need to get with a program. You need to go to bidetking.com, pick you out something nice, use coupon code unclever. Or you can just not be clean. I mean, that's what you want to do. Yeah. Whatever. That's happening. You know? That's happening. I don't know how, how, that's, dire- I don't how that's directed at. You could just be old stinky butt over there. I think there's going to come a point where people are going to start feeling like they need to issue us a formal apology for doubting. or. Oh, like, there will be several. How several. Do you, how do y'all think big toilet paper is going to feel about this? I hope they hate it. Yep. Yeah. Because yep. it's their fault. Yep. That it took both of us, as long as it did, to see the light. Yeah. Yep. In the darkness. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't. I it, it baffles me that anyone that it it's because it's strictly out of I haven't tried it. Mm-hmm. Just like pizza without without sauce. No, it's no, well, let's not no. let's not let's not mix those two things together. Let's not talk about. Uh-uh. But you yeah it's but it's only because people haven't tried it. That's it. Anyway, try it. You'll like it. Badaking.com, coupon code unclever. All right. So information dump. From when we started the podcast, I said, I I said, I would really, really like to do an episode about weather. And when I said that, both of you looked at me like. <laughs> That's accurate. <laughs> It's been on the list since day one, and it's stayed on the list. So I have various reasons. It's something that I'm kind of passionate about. I'm, I mean, obviously, there's a little bit there's a little bit of a serious side to it, you know, how and why I got interested in weather. So I figure, all right, I'll just kind of cut loose on this, and you guys stop me asking you questions. Mm-hmm. Anytime. How okay. long have you had all of this in your head? Like you've been ready for this podcast? Not really, actually, not that long, hmm. because I was waiting for us to decide, like when we would do it okay okay so um obviously how i always had a little bit of an interest in weather i just thought it was you know i've always storms always kind of freaked me out a little bit we talked about this on uh phobias episode i think we did yeah 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 yeah, yeah. we got into that and i talked about kind of the triggers behind it and what that what you know 2011 2011 tornadoes had some some of my family got killed in the tornadoes in april April 27, 2011. So that kind of kicked it into overdrive. Uh, that caused me to get more interested in it as to say, okay, if this is going to happen again, like I want to know, right? I want to know as much inf- – I want as much information as I can get ahead of time. Because, you know, it's just kind of a helpless feeling, right, for yeah. anybody. So um, anyway, that's that's generally speaking where – kind of where the desire, I guess, came from. So – I'll give you a disclaimer up front is obviously I'm not a meteorologist. I'm not an expert when it comes to this. Um, I've picked up a decent amount of information and knowledge just from 
research and, um, you know, listening to people that do know. Um, so I'm, I just want to kind of offer a disclaimer up front is I may say something that is incorrect in some way, but it, it, it's not going to be far off. If I say something that's, I, I'm not going to, if I say something that's an error, it's just because I've either been given the wrong answer from someone or, you know, it, it's not anyway, it's I their do, fault. I'm, yeah, somebody else's fault that I'm wrong. <laughs> no, I'm just I'm just kind of putting that out there as a disclaimer. So don't take what I'm saying as far as anything you know, whether meteorological, or whatever. Don't take it. Um, don't take it as like gospel. Okay, do your own research when it comes to this kind of stuff. But let me let me just kind of start with it like this because Todd, a few few episodes back, came in came in and. I don't know where he's gone. I don't remember what he's about to say. No, he threw, <laughs> he threw stones at James Spann. He did oh, do that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's an alarmist. <laughs> he said he said James Spann's like overrated or something like that. And I think it's, and I quote, I hate James Spann. <laughs> was that what burning it passion. <laughs> That's what it said. <laughs> I think it was something like, I respect him as a meteorologist, but, you know, he probably yells at the waitress yeah. at Chili's. Yeah, you're you're like anti that. his Twitter personality. Yes, that was that was on the unpopular opinion episode. But, um, all right. So let me let me just start with kind of this blanket statement. What's going to be funny is if you say something that is incorrect, like maybe two or three of them. Yeah, and I source it back to James Spann. <laughs> <laughs> That's James Spann's deal. So, let me say this: Did you were you guys aware of the fact? that TV meteorologists do not actually forecast the weather. Like, they don't come up with a weather forecast. Is that the NWS? What? Is that the National Weather Service? Well, yes. Yes and no. So, yes. Okay. And no. So, they don't actually forecast the weather. Not not really. Like, there is some gray area. There is some leeway there. But they're essentially reporting it. They're just middlemen? Sort of. So. Or women. Yeah. Middlemen or women. So you kind of have to back way up the chain. So I I think this was You realize this is not helping. What? The James Spann thing at all. Why? For me. Because now he's just like a clown. No. He has tremendous value, but it's not because of what you think. Okay. So, all right. So. All right, so we have to back way up the chain as far as like how you get a weather forecast. Cause I, so that's the thing that I think it bothers me. And, and so I'm on both sides of this. So, cause a, a lot of times people would say, you know, uh, well, you know, like we're not, we don't have any weathermen that can for, that can accurately forecast the weather, right? And they constantly kind of give them a hard time. Right. And I'm like, can't trust the weatherman. It's been said for, as long as TV's right. been around. You can't trust a weatherman and he, you know, his... Makes his, his op- living off a of lucky chance, they say. His opinion's as good as a coin flip. Mm-hmm. Okay. Not his fault. Or her fault. Not their fault. So, no. you go back up... So, kind of, let me give you at least... And this is the part that, you know, I may, I may mess up some subtleties here, but this is, a, in a general sense, kind of how this works. So, you have NOAA. Y'all familiar with NOAA? Mm-hmm. NOAA, it's the National... Oceanic Atmospheric Administration. Okay. Weather like, radio people. That's the government agency. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, under that, you have the National Weather Service. 
All right. Then under the National Weather Service, you have many different departments. You have the uh, there's a Ocean Prediction Center. There's the National Hurricane Center for you know monitoring the tropics. There's a, there's all these different departments that are that are basically monitoring and keeping an eye on all these different things. The one that would be most applicable applicable to us here in the southeastern United States, obviously the thing that that affects us the most is severe weather. So severe thunderstorms. I mean, we hurricanes, National Hurricane Center, you know, if you're mm-hmm. on the Gulf or whatever, obviously. But um, the thing that would affect us the most would be severe weather, so like tornadoes, severe thunderstorms and whatnot. So that is managed with, uh, out of the Storm Prediction Center in Norman, Oklahoma. Okay. That's okay. they're under the National Weather Service. They're basically a piece, a division, a department, however you want to word it. Um, but they do convective outlooks. Basically, what's the outlook for the possibility of thunderstorms in the United States over the next however long? And they usually do over the next eight days is what they do. Okay. So, and that's the convective outlook would be. Okay, what's the chances of convection occurring? What's the chances of thunderstorm occurring? What's the chances of severe thunderstorms occurring? So then you have, so they're putting out a forecast based on that, okay? Then you have your local National Weather Service offices in all of your, most all of your major metropolitan areas. So in the state of Alabama, we have three. We have Huntsville, Birmingham, and Mobile. Mm Mm-hmm. So Mississippi has uh, Columbus, they have Jackson, and then, you know, there's Memphis, obviously, Tennessee, but it's right there on the line. Anyway, so they, uh, the National Weather Service offices, they send up weather balloons, all of them send up weather balloons twice a day, 365 days a year. Mm. Okay. Any questions so far? (laughs) Twice a day. (laughs) Twice a day. 365 from from the national weather service office in oklahoma no oh in your every every one one of of them every one of those local national weather services that's got to be high overhead for your balloons yeah (laughs) where are these balloons uh yeah i got questions what are they made of uh that i don't know how does this affect government spending (laughs) how can we talk about the environment just dump balloons all the time So the you know that's a that's a thing though that they ha- they obviously have like a payload with all the the sensors and things yeah. that are gathering data. Um, you know they go up to over a hundred thousand feet sometimes too. Like they actually make it to space. Mm-hmm. What happens when they get to space? They bu- they bust. Do they all get to space? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. So they can just come down anywhere. Yeah. Sometimes they'll travel from where they let them go. By the time they come down, sometimes they'll travel over 100 miles away. What happens if one lands on my car? <clears throat> so they'll have when or you kills when like you, a kitten. When you open it up, if you go to the National Weather Service website, they will tell you, like it'll tell you like what to do if you found one and stuff. Really? Mm-hmm. You ever found one? No. What no, if you can't no, find no. it because it impelled you and you're unable? So to they don't it. find a lot of them because they just land in such remote areas. Mm. But they have, like, GPS locations and stuff like that on them. So most of them, they try to retrieve. They have a pretty good idea of where they're coming down. So That'd be cool if you found one. In the Birmingham area, it's located, like, 
close to the Shelby How County. How soon before there's a Shelby County Airport? A drone developed to get that and just come yeah, they couldn't get the altitude that it's needed. That's it's what I'm needed. saying. How long? Oh, I don't know. Depends on how far we come with AI. Yeah. <laughs> so AI is going to come into play here. All right. So <laughs> <laughs> knew it. So the, well, they send these balloons up at all these National Weather Service offices. So I just told you there's three in the state of Alabama. Mm-hmm. So you think about that in relation to the in, entire country, right? We're just talking about the United States. So obviously some states are going to have way more, you know, I don't yeah. know how many offices Texas has, but it's a lot, right? So anyway, but the data from all of those reading readings is taken um, – and to get as good a read as possible on like all the atmospheric conditions all across the country at any particular point in time. And they're doing that twice a day, every day. And in the case of a severe weather threat, then the storm prediction center out of Oklahoma that I talked about would then develop a forecast that's based on that data. That's what they're basing their data. That's what they're basing their forecast on at all times is the data that comes in from all of those Weather soundings is what they call them when they send the balloon up and they get the they get the information back. So, okay. Todd, how does it make you feel that Span gets his news like third hand from a balloon? balloon. <laughs> well, I can see where he's coming into play now because he's he's looking at the weather as it's developing. So yes, all right. So so that's they they send they get all the weather soundings in and then the storm prediction center when it now we're we're strictly just talking about severe weather. Okay, we're like tornadoes, severe thunderstorms. That's what we're talking about, okay? Whatever area we go into, we may diver- diverge off in a completely different route, but but this is what we're talking about. So once the Storm Prediction Center puts out, this is what our forecast is, then everything else from there is essentially a glorified social science experiment. What do you mean? So because – so you have the Storm Prediction Center, massive staff of meteorologists, right? Right. And then you have your local National Weather Service offices that are sending up these balloons. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're staffed with meteorologists as well. And these people on the local level are very capable also in their own right, but maybe they just don't have the credentials. Maybe they hadn't moved up the chain like some of these at the national offices are. Obviously, those are very, like, heralded positions and things like that. So, But if the national outlet, the Storm Prediction Center, is putting out a forecast for a certain type of threat for a particular area, but then the local office, they look at the same readings and they say, no, that's not what's happening, or... Yes, that is what's happening. Like they they differ from the national office as to whether the threat is credible or to the degree of the threat, one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Like that's a, that could cause major confusion publicly. Who's got override? Because they both. Well, so it's like you know you can see how that caused a problem though, right? Yeah. Because if you got two. If you got two public entities right. that are once the national that's saying, you know, this is going to happen, and the local saying, no, this is going to happen, and then you get, you know, Joe Blow saying, well, you know, I seen this forecast, and you know, mm-hmm. they said it was going to be fine, but Danny said he saw one where he's going tornado all day, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. So you get a bunch of that going on. And anyway, so for that reason, there's a tremendous amount of push to get the different levels of the communication 
kind of chained to kind of start playing nice with one another. And James Spann has been one of the most vocal about that nationally he has. Mm-hmm. And his whole thing was – so, like, Storm Prediction Center, they, they'll, they'll, they'll put out what's called, like, a one-day outlook, a two-day outlook, a three-day outlook, all the way out to day eight, okay? And a lot of times you, you would have them put it out, and they would say, okay, here's our threats, the threat, like, this, and they would, on a map, they would draw off and say, okay, this is a slight risk area, this is a – or this is a marginal risk, this is slight risk, this is enhanced, this is moderate, high, whatever – and then you'd have the National Weather Service, Birmingham, come behind and say, yeah, okay, here's our risk. But then, and, and they wouldn't vary drastically, but they may put their lines slightly different places. Mm-hmm. That's, that's not good. It's confusing. It's confusing. It needs to be presented as like, you know, and Spam was one of the most vocal saying, it's important that the authorities, like the, the public entities are delivering a consistent message yeah. to the public you know, um, you know, f- from one outlet to the next, we're all delivering this the same message because all we're doing is we're confusing, we're confusing the public, and we're causing it to where they won't respond accordingly. Because and and also too, it's like you know, one of us is saying, "Well, no, the threat is more here," and the other one's saying, "Well, yeah, but it's." You know, we're we're just shifting it north or south or east or west and yeah. things like that, and it's just it's just very confusing. But anyway, you ask kind of who has authority, I guess, right. or who has override, and that's the problem. Is it's never been plain black and white. I could see that causing issues. That that's the issue. So is you just end up being like playing politics a lot. There's no there's no clear-cut, like, okay, local, I know you think that it's going to do this, but you can't say that, or you can't do this. I mean, there is in a big, big, vague sense, but when it comes to specifics like that, there's no clear-cut. You you cannot say something contrary to what they say. And also, too, and not just that, another issue was, like, uh, color-coding of maps. Like, one would say, like, or, or, or naming conventions. Like, for instance, you have like five levels of a severe threat. You have marginal, slight, enhanced, moderate, and high. Well, they may decide they want to call what they call marginal, they want to call it slight. Mm-hmm. You see what I mean? Yeah. And now it's like, now you've confused it even more. And then, and then also color coding. I've and, seen some weird colored maps. And so that's when, you know, I'd have to give Span a lot of credit because he's one of the ones that was like he he's just well known because he's a celebrity really yeah. and mm-hmm. he's he's the one that's been really vocal saying we got to get continuity when it comes to all that like and because of him and several others he's not the only one that's saying that that started to happen like very much so across the board so now you're not really seeing a lot of variation between what a storm prediction center outlook looks like and what a national weather service outlook looks like. Now, some of them have always been very cookie cutter, like we copy and paste. And and in, in a lot of ways, that's how it should be. And then if something needs to be corrected, you just correct it way upstream. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. Anyway, but from there, so that's how a forecast happens for like severe weather. And then so from there, you just kind of follow that train, all follow that train of thought all the way out because then that would mean that your local weatherman or weather weather persons that's standing in front of a screen on TV, they can't differ in their forecast 
either because mm-hmm. that would cause all types of public confusion. Even if they have their own opinion, right? They can't get up and say it because if they do, they could ins- they could cause confusion or a public panic mm-hmm. without realizing that they're doing it. Uh, I mean, regardless whether they realize that they do it, but some of them will take their liberties when it comes to when it comes to certain situations. But usually, it's not anywhere, and they and this is where they know they know where they really need to tread lightly. If there's if it's if it has anything to do with a a weather event that could possibly be a threat to life mm. whatsoever. You have no liberty there. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. So, because if they do in those situations, it's usually in the direction of it being more severe. Yeah. Like if they really feel in their gut, like it's going to be worse than what it says it is, then you'll hear that come across in their communication mm. because it's, they're really kind of taking the stance. It's just one one lady, one guy basically saying, I, f- I mean, because they are a meteorologist and they're looking at it and they're saying, I think it's going to be worse than this, you know. Um, and so they would rather just take the stance of rather safe than sorry. Yeah, you'd rather miss that way. Yeah. Right. And, um, but anyway, but you'd not, you, you, you would never hear somebody saying, oh, this, I, I think this is just not going to be a big deal, you know, right. that kind of thing. And then all of a sudden it is. Uh, if they're saying that, it's because the Storm Prediction Center is saying that. Yeah. If they're saying they think it's going to fizzle or whatever, then it's because they're saying that. So Yeah, that's what I was about to ask because there's so many times around here that there's like this big threat, and in the day that it's happening, mid middle of that day, you start mm-hmm. seeing reports, hey, it's not going to be as bad as we thought. Right. Well, and I can I can address that. But so, um, so let me – I'll get to that. So Storm Prediction Center puts out like this basic forecast outlook, like I called it, one day, two day, all the way to eight. They also put out severe weather watches, like, you know, once the atmosphere becomes, like, conducive for a certain type of severe weather, like a tornado, they're the one that issues, so like, a tornado watch. Mm. That means, okay, conditions are, you know, the atmosphere is conducive for tornadoes to occur. So they issue the watch. So then that's where the local offices really kind of become to come into play because they then have to issue warnings for individual storms. The local offices do. Oh, yeah. And it makes sense if you think about it because on a national level, they're watching kind of the overall conditions. And when when conditions make make it look like something is likely to happen, that's when they put out a watch and say, okay, yeah, you guys need to start watching these yeah. storms because now this could happen. Well, then that way that basically puts the local offices on alert is to say we got to start monitoring all these individual storms for rotation yeah. or for hail or whatever it is. In order, looking for that debris signature. In order, so that we can issue warnings. Yeah, so they're watching for rotation, watch for all that thing, and then and then warning. Obviously, difference between watch and warning. Watches this could happen. Warning is it is happening, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, so then on down the chain, that's where the TV weather person comes into play, is knowing effect, how to effectively communicate to their audience what it is that's happening. So. And a big piece of that is knowing the audience, knowing the area. Maybe the streets. You got to know the streets. Yeah, you got to know their streets. You got to know the. You got to know the restaurants. Hey, watch out for West White. He's learning them streets, bro. Yeah. Um. So that's that's kind of how a forecast comes to be. That's how like a, a weather event kind kind of comes to be too. There's a lot of other little pieces on that. Um. 
but to kind of your point, so here, here's to me, I know all that's probably anybody who's still listening. I know, <laughs> I know that's, I know that's really boring. Uh, but no, here, that's, that, that was cool to me here. Here's the part that's interesting. Okay. Is you talked about how, uh, okay. It wasn't, they said it was going to be bad and yeah. now it's not so bad. Okay. So really that all comes down to forecasting. Like why, why are weather forecasts not more correct than what they are? Right. That that's a big thing. And so when it, when it comes to, when it comes to gathering, the readings in the atmosphere, like sending up the weather balloons, getting all that data, that's like hard data, right? And telling, like sending up the balloons, get the hard data, and then use that data to tell if conditions are favorable for a specific type of weather, you know, issuing watches and then monitoring the radar to see once we realize, okay, conditions are favorable, now let's look at the storms and let's watch the radar trends to see. And then if something happens, then we issue a warning. When it comes to all that, all of our meteorologists are like exceptionally skilled. Mm-hmm. Like we know exactly what we're doing, <laughs> but what we aren't good at is predicting the future. Why not? <laughs> yeah. So why haven't we figured that out yet? So here, here's what I'm getting at. Bottom line, we need better models. We need better weather models. Our, our models are basically an algorithm is what they yeah. are. And, you know, it's taking past events into consideration. It's taking the general overall weather weather pattern, climate conditions into consideration. But at the end of the day, they just fall, like, tremendously short, yeah. in my opinion. Is this where AI is starting to come into the picture? And I think that's where AI will certainly come into the picture. And, and, make- and eventually control the weather. <laughs> and we just tell it what we want. Hey, we're getting too many people down here. Sling some tornadoes, buddy. Because I mean, and we're in a way we're already we're already using it. We're already using AI to some degree as as part of those. But I believe that that will definitely push that cart way further down the track. The on, the only I mean, when it comes to models right now, the only certainty is that this is every model. The closer you get to an event, the more accurate the models are, and that's why. So you know we have short-range models, or we have long-range, mid-range, and short-range models. So long-range is like we're looking at what the weather is going to be, um, you know, two weeks from now, that kind of thing. So that's kind of our long-range models. And we have like sort of the, the industry standards, the ones that people use the most would be like the European and the GFS. Those are two models that people look at to predict weather like, you know, a couple weeks. But any meteorologist like, worth their salt like if you hear james Spann talk about it or anybody and not just him any of them they'll tell you like you get over about 10 days that's like that's voodoo yeah like farmer yeah. farmer's almanac yeah it's yeah, it's a roll crazy. of the dice it's an absolute roll of the dice because those long-range models they just don't have a lot to work with um because the, the closer we get i mean in this common sense really if you're trying it's like this if i'm trying to predict the weather five days from now at 4 p.m in the afternoon what gives me the best picture? My prediction now of what those atmospheric readings would be at 2 p.m. that day mm-hmm. or the atmospheric readings from 2 p.m. that day. You see yeah, what I mean? Yeah. It's just common sense. And so uh, one of the old famous you know, meteorologist sayings is, you know, there comes a point when you have to stop looking at the weather map and start looking out the window. Like that's, that's kind of what, what it gets. Or that's, that's kind of the idea. But anyway... We just got to have better models when it comes to stuff. So the guys are the 
the Storm Prediction Center, the end guy, if you hate your TV weatherman because you feel like he's never right or she's never right, it's not their fault. It really isn't. At the end of the day, it's because we need better models. <laughs> yeah. I know there's a lot of information. Um, there's I could give some good resources, though, for if anybody – if there's any single individual out there that just happens to be interested. <laughs> um, when did, when did uh, this science start? Oh, so, I mean, you can go way back, but the, you know, we started keeping really accurate weather records like sometime in the 50s. I bet the Mayans were doing something. <laughs> I'm sure. But, you know, it's and, always... And that's a very relatively tiny sample size sample yeah. and that's that's one thing i i've heard james Spann talk about that i totally agree on it's in regards to like climate change and whatever he just thinks we haven't had enough we don't have enough data we don't and i think that i think that will make models better but i also think just um we need to understand um there's just a lot more. We just need better understanding across the board. What did they do back in like mid 1800s? They just sent a guy with a horse west for a day, and then he just comes back. But you know, quicker it, than the storms. It <laughs> yeah had to be it. <laughs> had to be it. But you know, it, it's it's kind of like that saying I said. There comes times when you stop looking at weather maps and start looking out the window. Yeah. Y'all know as well as I do. Even an uneducated person, if you grow up in the state of Alabama, when you walk outside and it's going to be bad, you know what it oh, feels yeah. like. Yeah, yeah. Even if it's like if there's a forecast that says uh, coming in tonight, mm-hmm. it might be first thing in the morning. You walk outside, and you're like yeah. And it's not the there. There's some pressure stuff involved there, but really, what it has to do with instability, like you feel the instability in the air, is what you feel. Yeah. When you're like, man, it feels stormy. What it, it's got that it's warm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's warm, but and you, you can see it, you feel the instability of the atmosphere about to pop. So I think you sometimes you can see it in the sky when you you ever see clouds moving like super fast. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But it, and what it is is it, it's a very it's a it, you know it's a it's an it's all those things put together like your your brain's putting all that together you're like okay the wind's moving i felt this before i've seen this before this kind of direction the algorithm in my brain and in my heart is telling me what's happening (laughs) absolutely so um if you if you want to if you're interested in that kind of stuff so if 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 you some of the stuff i'm talking about if you've not heard it before so you can go as deep in on this stuff as you want to um, for general outlook of severe weather, you could bypass like your local office and you could go to spc.noaa.gov. So spc.noaa.gov. And that's that's where you would get those storm prediction center outlooks. And so you would know, you'd be able to look at it and then you could forecast as far as like when severe weather's coming. Like you could forecast it as well or just as well as any TV meteorologist because they can't go outside of that. Is that what you do? Yeah, I mean that's well, why. So well, like, you're my. If there's something that's going to happen weather-wise, and I need somebody to tell, I don't know. I right. can't figure it out. So my first move is always to text Blake, and I'm <laughs> just curious, like, yeah. what's your process? So, all right. So my process is, first off, I know if an event's coming to begin with because I'm constantly looking at that website. Mm-hmm. Now it will change. Like there'll be a time where it's like we're not on there for a threat today, but you know, and like so, like I said, you got day one, day two, day so all the way out to eight. 
well, say it's three days away and we're not up there, but then by the time it gets to the day two, they may pop us in. So you got to, you got to check it, you know, periodically. So I'm looking at that. So I know when an event is coming, but then I actually go and look at the weather models myself. So a good resource for that. There's a website where you can access pretty much all of the most widely used models was pivotalweather.com P I V O T A L weather.com. And you can, um, you can look at all the different models, uh, long range model GFS. That's the global global forecast system. European. I don't really deal with those because, um, like I said, the short range models are going to be more accurate. Mid to short range models. Your mid range models would be like the NAM model. It's the North American Mesoscale model, and then short range would be like twenty four hours. That would be the high resolution rapid refresh, also known as the HER. Models, <laughs> so you, you can look at that one. Uh, but that's what I'll do is like, so I'll look at a few things. One is I'll look at Storm Prediction Center, see what are they saying because they're when when they get to the day of an event, they're 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 putting out new information about you know every six hours, four to six hours, something like that. And then also, and so you'll get a really good idea. Hey, is something about to go down? And then. After that, then I'll actually go and look at the models myself, the short-range models, and drill in and see, okay, is this instability going to hold up? You know, there well, there's a lot of things I'm looking at. But that's, anyway, that's that's pretty much it. And that gives me a really, really good idea. Uh, so normally I won't really look at a local meteorologist forecast. <laughs> it's above that. But I mean, if I, it's if, like eating a steak at a restaurant, you can cook it yourself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I will. I mean, I'll look at, I'll, I'll look at now when a, an event starts happening, then I do because then that's when they come into play. Yeah. Is because they're able to alert you to what's mm-hmm. actually happening. Like I said, all that part of the science we're extremely efficient at. Like we know what the heck we're talking about yeah. when that part comes. I mean, they know whether or not a tornado is happening. Like you said, they can see a debris signature. They can see they can see velocity couplets. You know, they can see that kind of thing. So they know whether or not a storm's rotating. Um, and now, because of radar that lets them see debris signature like right. that, now they know if it's on the ground. Mm-hmm. So there's just a, there's a lot that we can do, but what we can't do is predict the future. And so that's that's where the you know that's where all that comes in. Uh, just the better models comes into play. So. Uh, but the models are still useful. I mean, it does give you it gives you a, you know a really good idea. And like I said, the shorter the range model, then the I mean, just by you know, it, it's going to be more accurate because it's got more up to date data to work with. So that her model, the high ra- high resolution rapid refresh, it um, it literally updates every hour, mm. and you're only looking at a 24 hour window. So. Anyway, I mean, how? Here's a question for you: How impractical was the uh, Dorothy machine from Twister? <laughs> I have, how much I money have. was dumped into one of those for a tornado that might stay on the ground for thirty seconds? I do know that what is impractical is what happens in the movie where the storm goes right over the top of them. Oh, they're dead. Yeah. Debris slice a head off. So you talking fast. about when they like tied their stuff with a belt? Yeah, to the... and it's just spinning or gonna get rid. Well, there goes my plan. <laughs> that, that's that's extremely impractical. No, that's not going. That's extremely impractical. Yeah. Well, where are you on like 
just storms in general, like, experience. Like, you like a good summer thunderstorm if you know it's not going to be bad? I don't like thunderstorms, period. At all? No. Because I, 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 I like, I like I to look outside rain. the window and watch them. I don't mind rain. I like rain. Actually, one of my favorite things is a steady rain, no wind, steady rain on the lake, no wind, because there's something about being up there at the lake and then all of a sudden it starts raining. It's like, well, we can't do anything. Yeah. So now it's time to chill. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, man, get me on the hammock on the deck. It's at over. The, at the lake. Done. With a steady rain, like just a shower, you know? Yeah. It's not lightning. It's not thundering. It's just, oh, my word. That's like the best sleep ever. Anyway, but I don't I like, know. I like the storm. I like it. Your pro storm? Yeah, I like the experience. I've ridden one out, you know, camping. Yeah. Stuff like that. <laughs> it's thrilling. Yeah. I'm kind of like agnostic. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, see, <laughs> I see the value of a storm, but at the same time, it's not my favorite thing. Did I say, all right, did I say anything? Because I know that was probably going to be boring for a lot of people, but I just wanted to kind of get it out there. Did I say anything that was like ridiculously confusing? I wasn't confused. No, it made sense to me. Okay. Any questions? When did you first become aware of the weather? <laughs> you ever you ever hear people talk about the weather coming in? Like we don't always have weather. Oh yeah, yeah. Got that weather coming in. Weather coming in. Yeah. My grandmother used to say all kinds of crazy stuff. Like, well, she used to, you know, gully wusher, toad mm. strangler, stuff like that. She used to say that kind of stuff. But. It's crazy when people get talking about like, you ever heard somebody say, "I ain't never gonna be a tornado." Here's that hill right there. I ain't, I ain't never gonna have one on my house. You ever heard that? Yep, <laughs> I have. Yep. I've heard that. Yep. Is that accurate or inaccurate? <laughs> hey, the, the guy that I'm talking about, the house is still there. So. Yeah, that's a uh, that's inaccurate. <laughs> uh, Dang it! That, but that but there is something interesting to it. I don't know. There's a there's a really good. Uh, University of Alabama Huntsville actually has one of the most well-respected meteorological the UAH rockets. <laughs> yeah, they have really, really what they are well-respected. Uh, and they have several like government like um, studies that are going on surrounding. They have one that's called Swirl, I think is the name of it, where they've been studying. Because the thing about they've been studying tornadoes in um, you know Kansas, Oklahoma, Texas, like mm-hmm. for decades right they they were able to watch them the problem that we have in the state of alabama is how hilly it is they can't you can't, you can't see, see them it, yeah well that's that's, that's, that's what i think out and, that's what i think the guy's thinking with the hill behind his house like it's yeah. gonna uh it's gonna top this hill on the ground and the, but yeah, it ain't like, gonna stick with it it's gonna jump the hill it's like, like a, a ramp. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so those storm tops are usually somewhere around thirty thousand feet <laughs> So unless he's got Everest behind his house, <laughs> it ain't gonna cut that storm off. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So there's no there's no real logic to it, but it's like it's anyway. They people say, well, it's never, you know, we've never had one through here because this area is so high altitude or whatever. And it's like, you know, it's yet. Yeah. You Nobody's know. safe. Yeah. Mm. No. It's not if. It's when. Yeah. 
That's Nobody's it. safer than Blake at his house. I promise you that. Safe space in a safe space. That's right. <laughs> and a helmet on. <laughs> yeah. It, anyway, it's a. Uh, it, now, I, all, everything I just said, we didn't even talk about winter weather. I ain't going to talk about it. It's just too much. Yeah. It's a whole nother deal. I will say this. People got, you came down hard on Spain about winter weather, man. Got come some slack. We don't deal with that. I didn't, back, come, I didn't come down hard on him. <laughs> I said that I said that after the miss, which I wasn't worried about the miss. I think that he uh, had a chip on his shoulder and started taking it out. On you think people. he needs new Twitter models? Yeah, a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. We just don't deal with it. You know what I mean? We don't deal with it. I mean, it's obvious by the fact that everybody runs out and buys milk and bread for some reason. Mm-hmm. Like we don't we don't know how to. Not me. No gluten over here, baby. We don't know how to cope with the with the winter weather. I mean, and y'all know, y'all probably got friends or know people that's from up north and they just laugh when everybody runs out and makes such a big deal about it. But Yeah, my buddy in Minnesota texted me two Saturdays ago and said it snowed nine inches the night before. Yeah. Then I sent him our weather. It was like 80 that day. <laughs> yeah. That sounds terrible. What? Nine inches of snow. He's moving. Yeah. South Carolina. <laughs> I'm good with snow for a day. Yeah. It's pretty. It was fun. I'm done. Yeah. Same. All right. Well, everybody's gonna make fun of me about my. I weather, feel informed. Weather takes. So I won't. Uh, I'll try not to bring it up again, unless absolutely necessary. Till the winter gets here. Yeah. 